Well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things movie news, video games, comics, television, and all that sorts of good stuff. And um, today's going to be a much more shorter show. We're going to go through our main topics that we have here. Um, uh, most of it is actually stuff that dropped today, uh, as of April 7th. And then we're going to review the Super Mario Brothers movie, and then we're just going to get out of here. Uh, we don't have any Q&A questions. Don't have any movie news rundown, so uh, we're just gonna go ahead and um, yeah, let's just let's 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 talk. Let's just get right into it and let's have let's have some fun conversations. Um, and the first one we're gonna talk first thing we're gonna talk about is this: uh, Shrek Five is official is in the works with the original cast set to return. Uh, following the success of Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, Shrek Five is officially in the works with. The original cast set to return. In a recent interview with Variety, Illumination CEO uh, Chris uh, Melodandry uh, talks uh, talks about Shrek Five, and he said the following: uh, "It's not that dissimilar to 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 the process that we went th- through with Mario, where you look at what the core elements are that audiences have loved." Um, and you do your very best to honor those core elements, and then your and then your hard work at your hard at work to build story elements and new characters that take you to brand new places. The original cast is a huge part of that. We anticipate the cast coming back. Uh, talks are starting now, and very and every indication that we have gotten is their tremendous enthusiasm on behalf. Of the actors to return. Uh, and that comes to us from. The Illumination CEO. Now. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, look. I, I love the first Shrek film. Obviously. Shrek is. Part of my childhood. Um, I. Remember. That I remember. Watching that movie. So many times. So many times. Um, I can remember the opening all-star number. I can remember that scene. Even without watching the movie. If I hear that song, song I'll hear, I'll see the, the movie in my head. I'll see the beginning of the movie in my head. Um, I And Shrek 2 is one of, and Shrek 2 is fantastic. I think it's, I think Shrek 2 is better than, uh, than the first film, um, that whole "I Need a Hero" uh, musical number with um, <laughs> that whole mu- that whole "I Need a Hero" montage where they're uh, heading the far, far away, and the and the fairy god and the fairy uh, the fairy godmother is singing "I Need a Hero," and you, know, you got the giant gingerbread man walking to the city. like that. That's just fun. That that scene is just fun. Then we have Shrek 3, and uh, Shrek 3 is a movie. And then there was Shrek Forever After, which I wasn't a big fan of. Honestly, I think the best Shrek sequel we've had since Shrek 2 is that Universal Studios um, Shrek 4D ride. You You guys remember that? The Shrek 4D ride at Universal Studios? That honestly is the best Shrek sequel we've had since Shrek 2. Um... Anyway, um, but I do, I do, uh, so, but the franchise kind of went out on a little bit of a whimper, and then we've, but then, and I remember saying, I don't think a Shrek movie, a new Shrek movie could work in, um, in today's day. I I just don't think a, a, a new version of Shrek could work. And then I saw Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And I saw, from an animation standpoint, what they were able to do, and from a storytelling standpoint, what they were able to Essentially, Puss in Boots was essentially able to reboot the Shrek franchise in a very new and interesting way. It was able to revamp that franchise for me. And after seeing Puss in Boots The Last Wish, I remember saying, 
I want to see a, an I want to see a Shrek movie now. I never thought I would say that after seeing this movie, but I I I now want to see a brand new Shrek movie. So I think with what they with what they were able to do with Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, and they now have the potential is now there to do so much more with um uh to do so much more with um with the Shrek universe and I think it'd be great and 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 to be honest with you <laughs> um they're also they also talked about the 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 possibility of a donkey spin-off film and I think a donkey spin I, I that one I'm still a little bit in question about, but well, I mean, if it does happen, we'll see how it works out. But I, like I said, I do, I, I am all for it. Um, I, like I said, I loved Puss in Boots, um, uh, The Last Wish. And I am, and I, and I love this franchise. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd be down to see a fifth one, you know? Uh, especially if, 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 if they are truly going to bring something new to it, you know, and with Illumination involved, I'll be honest, I, I'll be honest with you guys, I have never, I, I don't like Illumination, I think they, look, I love the first, well, let, let me, let me go ahead and bring up their, their filmography here, okay, because Illumination has a very interesting, um, history, with with me because when they first started I remember loving their first couple movies okay um let's see um trying to find their films Um, okay. Okay, so, I I have a list of their films here, okay? Uh, Despicable Me. I like that movie. I thought it was a good first film. Um, Hop. Eh. The Lorax. I, hey, you know what? You hate, hate me all you want. I actually like their, their version of The Lorax. I thought it was fun. It was a fun little musical. Um, Despicable Me too. I really enjoyed it. Minions is where we started to to see a little bit of the cracks. Uh, Minions, eh. Secret Life of Pets. Um, you guys know how much I don't like Secret Life of Pets. That movie has one of the I I seriously the worst worst um movie theater memory ever is. The worst memory I've had in the movie theater comes from The Secret Life of Pets, okay? Um, Sing, I liked the first Sing. I think it's a good movie. Uh, Despicable Me 3, no. The Grinch, no. Secret Life of Pets 2, God, no, even worse. I did not like Sing 2, um, I, and I didn't like Minions, The Rise of Gru. And then something changed deep in my, you know... I had I had so much hatred for Illumination after Minions: The Rise of Gru, and I remember saying after I saw that movie, thinking, "Yeah, no, I I am not looking forward to another film film that this studio puts out." And then they did the Super Mario Brothers movie, and we're gonna review it in a little bit here. But I love the Super Mario Brothers movie. I thought it was so much fun. They actually brought fun to the Super Mario Brothers, and I actually really enjoyed it. So, and and we'll and we'll talk about that when we get to the Super Mario Brothers movie. And, you know, and they have a movie that that they just released the trailer for, uh, Migration. That looks that looks like it could be cute. Um. But Illumination has always been kind of like just, you know, 
from 2017 all the way to 2022, just a string of bad film after bad film after bad film. And, you know, I... (laughs) And I'm hoping that if they are involved in making this fifth Shrek movie, I hope that they will partner with the DreamWorks story team and take a little key as to what made the first film great. Because I think DreamWorks understands what made Shrek great in the first place. So, alright, let's move on to the next one. And, and let's talk about this, uh, James, let's talk about some James Gunn stuff. Um, so James Gunn was recently doing an interview with uh, Rolling Stone. And uh, he was do he they they asked him about Superman and about superhero fatigue and you know asking him if Superman would have the same tone as Guardians um what he, and he, you know he also talked about the Marvel movies let's let's take a look at what it says so in a recent interview with James in a recent interview James Gunn dis- discussed a lot of thing a lot of things regarding Superman Marvel movies and superhero fatigue. When asked if Superman would have the same tone uh, as Guardians, Gunn said the following. I learned so much from making these movies, but it's not like Superman is going to have the same vibe as, as a Guardians movie. It's actually quite different. Gunn then discussed Marvel movies in a post-blip era. I really want Marvel to keep making good movies. I think it's real. it's really hard in the wake of the blip. There's this worldwide, universe-wide events that happened, and in truth, everybody would be stark raving mad at this point. So it's hard to write stories in the wake of that, which is why the Guardians movies have been e- have been easier because they're set outside of that a little bit. Gunn finally brought up the topic of superhero fatigue by saying the following: "I think that there is such thing as superhero fatigue." I think it doesn't have anything to do with the superheroes. It has to do with the kind of stories that are that get told that get to be told. And if you lose your eye on the ball, which is which is character. We love Superman. We love Batman. We love Iron Man. Because they because these uh because they're these incredible characters that we have in our hearts and if and if it becomes a bunch of nonsense on screen, it gets really boring. And all of that comes to us from James Gunn. And I think everything he says here is right on the money. Now, as now I'm going to break these down each one by one. Let's start with the Superman thing. I'm glad he said that the Superman movie will have a different tone than Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I'm not saying I don't want the Superman movie to be fun. I do. I want a Superman movie that feels fun, that feels like kind of like um the the Christopher Reeve Superman films. Fun, lighthearted, but also has some dramatic elements as well. And I'm glad to see that that to hear that James Gunn is not going to go for the the same, you know, level of humor that he went with Guardians. Um and by the way, there's this mentality out there that James Gunn is only known as someone who only does comedic moments. Who, you know, oh, he doesn't take anything ser- Go back and watch that first Guardians movie. The first Guardians of the Galaxy movie opens with a boy watching his mother die from cancer. And then being kidnapped. The second Guardians movie has a scene in which a father basically admits, oh yeah, by the way, I'm the one that killed your mom. I'm the one who put that tumor in her head. Wait, what? (laughs) There's some really messed up stuff that happens in that franchise. I mean, Suicide Squad alone. Suicide Squad. There's a scene where Ratcatcher is telling the story of her father. And her... and, and, And there's a scene where she's talking about her father's burden. And she's referring to her father's burden... Which she's referring to his drug addiction. 
And there's even a scene where you see the flashback and you see the young rat catcher too going up to her dad who just overdosed and he's got the needle in his arm. Like, come on. Like, like to, there's this mentality out there that James Gunn is only known for, ha, 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 he's really funny. When he's also done, he's also taken, he's also added a really ser- a lot of really serious dramatic moments um, in his films. So, I was always okay with him directing Superman Legacy. Um, and I've never had this fear that he was going to go too much like Guardians of the Galaxy. And also, I mean, it also, also keep in mind, when James Gunn announced this DC slate, he rem- he said, every film is going to have its own unique flavor. Every movie is going to be its own movie. It's not going to be reliant on... Oh, we gotta build towards Dark Side. You know, it's, it's, we gotta we gotta give each director freedom to tell the story that they want to tell and see how that fits in with our with our plan. Now, that could also be a very dangerous thing because if you give a director too much freedom, you could end up with a Phantom Menace. Because Phantom Menace came out in an era where nobody could tell George Lucas no. Nobody could tell George Lucas no. They, You know, so then we get the Phantom Menace and we all know how that turned out. Um, now let's move on to the Marvel movies thing. You know, when he talked about the Marvel movies, I like the fact that he's still rooting for Marvel. Even him making DC films, he is still rooting for Marvel. But he does have a point here in which he says it's really hard to make movies in the wake of half the universe just disappeared. Where do you go after that? And I remember hearing people having that discussion when Endgame was coming out. Where does Marvel go from here? You know, you just lost two of your major players. Like, where do you... You've set the universe now five years in the future. Where do you go? What stories do you tell? And... It's just... It's interesting... It's interesting to, to see... That he's actually... Right on the money here when he... When he, when he says it's hard to to write stories in the wake of that. And... You know, films like um, Guardians that are kind of set outside of that. Even um, uh, Shang-Chi. I mean, yes, Shang-Chi touches on the blip, but for the most part, it's 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 set in... It's kind of... Um, it doesn't rely too much on... I mean, yes, Wong shows up, and yes, they uh, all that stuff. But for the most part, Shang-Chi was just a great movie. They just they just relied on making a great movie, and I think that's that's what um and then that's I think what's gonna bring us into this third one, which is superhero fatigue. Now I'm as a fan of superheroes, I have always believed that superhero fatigue does exist. I said at some point people are gonna get tired of seeing superhero films. At some point. And now we're in an era where Ant-Man didn't make the money that it, that Marvel thought it would make. Um, uh, Shazam completely bombed at the box office. And that, I think, is the first signs of superhero fatigue. Then James Gunn said something that really, that, that really brings it all home. It doesn't have anything to do with the superheroes. The fatigue doesn't have anything to do with the superheroes. It has to do with the kind of stories that get to be told. And if you lose your eye on the ball, which is character. Why do we love the... Why do, Why is the first Iron Man so good? Because that movie relies on getting you attached to Tony Stark. Tony Stark is an asshole in that first Iron Man. He's a dick. 
I'm I'll say it right now. He's an he's an asshole. He really is. He's you know, um, he he is completely centered. He's completely centered on his on his on his own ego. He does not care about the consequences that comes with being a weapons manufacturer until he gets attacked and starts to see what his uh what his weapons were capable of in the wrong hands that's why we love that first iron man is cuz we see a character who starts off one way and we see him learn the most valuable lesson in the very harsh way and that movie was so great because for the first time a superhero movie could tell us could tell the story of a superhero without relying on him being in the costume. You know? Same with Christopher Nolan's Batman. Batman Begins doesn't have a whole ton of Batman in it. But they did such a good job of making us care about Bruce Wayne. About having us care about where he came from, what his greatest fear is, and why he is becoming this vigilante? Why did? Why is he choosing to become the Batman? And that's where I think we've lost sight of the thing of of things because we because I think most films have just relied on, you know. Oh look, the the world is ending. Okay, are the. Like, how am I supposed to care about the characters, you know? If you're not going to take time to establish the characters, how am I supposed to care? So, I, I don't know. I just, I just, um, I, I, I agree with what James Gunn brings up. It's really not about the superheroes. The, the fatigue isn't coming from the superheroes. It's coming from the movies. You, It's coming from the movies, and it's coming from relying not not bringing the focus back to the characters you know i've always said a movie is defined by its story you just have to make a good movie now i say that like it's so easy to make a good it's hard to make a good movie i know i've made a few short films it's hard to make a good movie. It's really hard. It is not easy. And I don't want to make it sound like it's the easiest thing. It's really, really, really hard. Especially when you're making a movie on the level of a Marvel or a DC film. I'm sure that, that people like David F. Sandberg are stressed the F out. On these films because they they are monsters to work on. So, um, so yeah, um, superhero fatigue. I I agree with what Gunn said completely. All right, now we are going to go ahead and move on to uh, the next part of our show where we're going to be talking about some uh, some of the stuff that dropped today. Um, Star Wars Celebration is happening in Europe. And, um, man, oh, man, did they drop a lot of stuff. So, we're going to talk about all that. But before we do that, uh, we are going to be taking the Zeke Said So commercial break now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to take the Zeke Said So commercial break. Sit back, relax. The Zeke Said So show will be right back. Thank you so much for listening to this installment on the Zeke Said So podcast. I wanted to remind you guys that the Zeke Said So podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher. Uh, if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast, make sure you leave a review on the feed, preferably a positive review. It helps more people see the show, and it helps us grow and continue to give you this amazing content. Also wanted to remind you guys that 
you can check out the Zeke Said So written blog. Go to zekesaidso.wordpress.com and you may find the Zeke Said So podcast in a written blog. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Zeke Said So and on Instagram at Zeke underscore said underscore so. And one more thing. If you would like to support the show, you can find a link in the description of every podcast we put up to our listener support feature. Once you get there, you may donate any amounts, and for those who do, you will receive a special shout-out right here on the podcast feed. Not a mandate, you don't have to do you don't have to do it, but it does help us out a lot. And you guys are also supporting the show just by listening to this amazing content. Now, with that down, let's get right back to the show. All right, guys, so Star Wars Celebration started today, uh, well, started yesterday, um, and, uh, well, today, technically, yesterday, I don't know, well, it's, it started, Star Wars Celebration's going on right now, and, uh, we got the first panel, which is, of course, the Lucasfilm Showcase panel, which is where they break down all their TV shows, all their movies, all their projects that they have upcoming. And we're going to start with the Disney Plus stuff first before we move into any of the movies. Um, we're going to start with the Disney Plus stuff first. So we got a lot of info on the upcoming series that will continue to thrive on Disney Plus. Ahsoka, Acolyte, Andor Season 2, Skeleton Crew, uh, and Mandalorian Season 3. Let's start with Ahsoka. We got, our, we got a brand new trailer for Ahsoka. So let's not waste any time and let's watch this trailer together and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Something's coming. Something dark. I sense it. Love the red Lucasfilm logo. For some, war. For others, power. It's been a while. Things have changed. Started hearing whispers. Mon Mothma. Thrawn. As heir to the Empire. Yep, we got heir to the Empire. Love that line. We have to prepare for the worst. The Jedi fell a long time ago. Streaming in August. Nice. Nice. Um, I believe if... Go back a little bit, but I believe we saw Ezra. We saw... Yeah, no. Sabine is looking at a, like a hologram image of, uh, of Ezra. Um, I love the fact that we're bringing back the, um, that we're bringing back the Rebels characters. And I like the fact that this seems like it's going to be really a, a true sequel to um, Rebels. Whereas, you know, um, Rebels felt like a... Um, not a sequel to the Clone Wars, but, but very much in the spirit of Clone Wars, this feels like it's going to be um, in, in the vein of Rebels, like a live-action version of Rebels. And I, and I like that. I, I think it's great. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree with some Star Wars fans that I have been, let's say, disappointed with how Mandalorian Season 3 has, has gone on. 
But that does not mean I have lost faith in this team of Dave Filoni and John Favreau. I think they are going to be putting together some really great stuff. Um, and I think all of this eventually is going to culminate into something bigger. You know, something is going there is some shit that's about to go down because we're about to get a a film uh and we'll talk about this in a little bit but we're going to get a movie that essentially wraps up this whole arc that we're getting from Mando to um to Ahsoka to Book of Boba Fett and I think it's great so I'm I look I'm excited for Ahsoka um I will be interested to see how they wrap up Mandalorian season three, only because there's two episodes left, and I feel like we just we just got into what the story is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we will see how that goes. All right, let's move on to the next one, and that is this: uh, we got some details on the acolytes. So we so we finish the Ahsoka trailer, then we go on to the acolyte, which. And I'm not doing this in the order of when the panel was. I'm just doing this in order of the, like, the stuff I'm really excited for. So now we move on to the Acolyte. Um, and we didn't get any footage released publicly. They showed some footage to the Star Wars Celebration attendees, which makes sense. Um, but we got a lot of really cool information. Number one, the, the biggest thing we got is that the series is being described as Frozen meets Kill Bill, uh, and it will be set in the High Republic era, specifically 100 years before the saga, be before the Skywalker saga begins. So 100 years before the Phantom Menace. Um, uh, Jonas Sotamo, who played uh, Chewbacca in Solo and in in the sequel in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, he is going to be playing a Wookiee Jedi, which is pretty cool. And uh, Lee Jung Jae, who I believe is from, who I believe is from Squid Game, if I'm not mistaken, um, will star as a Jedi Master, which is very very cool. Um, and again, we got no footage, but this, there was footage shown for Star Wars Celebration attendees, and apparently it was apparently it brought the house down. So there we go. All right, Andor season two. Then they talked about Andor season two. Uh, the season is halfway through filming, um, and will likely com be completed in August. Uh, season two will be re will likely be released in late in late summer of twenty twenty four. And again, some footage was shown exclusively to for Star Wars Celebration. Look, guys, I was late to and I didn't. I did not watch Andor when it originally all when it when it was originally like airing week to week. I just waited until all of it was available to watch, and I just binged through it. I love this show. I love this show. Andor is the best thing that Disney has done with Star Wars ever I think it's great I love Andor I cannot wait for season two um and yeah I I'm very excited to hear that it's halfway through filming a little bummed out that we have to wait basically a whole year um to see it but hey I would rather have them take their time rather than just have them crap it out you know as it is, so I would, I, so I'm, I'm okay. Um, cannot wait for, cannot wait for it though. Um, very quickly they talked about Mandalorian season three. Rick Famuyiwa is, is directing the final two episodes of season three, and a screening of episode seven of season three was held at Star Wars Celebration. Um, and then the last thing they talked about as far as the TV stuff goes is Skeleton Crew. Uh, Skeleton Crew is now in post-production. The series follows a group of kids who go on an adventure throughout the galaxy. The director lineup for the show uh, is as follows. John Watts, who is also executive producing the show, who is going to be the main showrunner. Uh, David Lowry. The Daniels. Everything, Ever All at Once directors. Academy Award winners. The Daniels. Uh, Jack... Uh, Schreier, 
who is directing um, Thunderbolts for Marvel. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who just directed an episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, and Lee Isaac Chung. Um, and then we got our we got the first image for Skeleton Crew, which shows Jude Law with our main group of kids. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Skeleton Crew. Especially, I love this director lineup, man. I love this director lineup, and I cannot wait to see what happens in this show. All right, now let's move on to the next main topic, and the next main topic is. We got a brand new trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, and, uh, yeah, a brand new trailer dropped during the Lucasfilm Showcase panel. And, uh, we are going to watch it and, uh, we'll, we'll break it down, uh, we'll break it down after we watch it. So let's go ahead and watch this. Ah, it's on mute. Okay. I'm retiring. Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Same for the goddaughter. Dad told me you found something on a train during the war. A dial that could change the course of history. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? Don't move. I need to get out of here. Yep, so that is our trailer for uh that is our trailer for Indiana Jones and the Island Destiny. So let's go ahead and uh break this trailer down. So I love this uh this I love I love seeing uh these few shots of Indy uh of uh, him going about his day being a right being just uh, a teacher, like he's he's retired from going on the adventures, then he's now just living life, and it seems like he's gonna be retiring from being a uh, professor. So, um, I I love all that stuff. Um, I love. It seems like uh, we uh, the the chemistry between him and uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge seems like it uh, seems like a really cute and interesting uh, dynamic. Um uh I I think the action looks pretty cool. Um I love I love the fact that Mads Mikkelsen is also playing the villain. That just that's just that just sounds great. Uh and it just sounds like um a character that Mads Mikkelsen would have played had he been around for the original trilogy. So it would have would have been great. Um of course Boyd Holbrook is there and Boyd uh, Boyd Holbrook was in, of course, Logan, uh, was, was also directed, um, by, uh, by James Mangold. Um, so, so here's, here's the cast of, um, 
here's the cast that we have here, okay? Uh, so it's Harrison Ford, of course, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Antonio Banderas, uh, John Rhys-Davies, uh, uh, Renee, uh Renee Wilson, um, Thomas uh, Kreshman, uh, Toby Jones, uh, Boyd Holbrook, Oliver uh, Oliver Rich Richters, um, Ethan Isidore, and Mads Mikkelsen. I know I butchered most of those names. I apologize. And of course, the film is being directed by James Mangold. Um, and uh, yeah, so. So, uh, yeah, I, um, so, uh, a lot of this, uh, going back to the trailer, though, a lot of this action seems great. Love this action scene that seems to be, uh, Indy riding a horse on a subway being chased by a train. That, that looks cool. Um, uh, it's, sounds like they're going to be getting into some, like, time travel stuff, which seems to be pretty, uh, weird and interesting, but. Um, and again, this just, this movie just looks like it's going back to the tone of the first three films because Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull definitely went in a very different direction tone wise. It just didn't feel like that first, those first three films. This movie definitely feels like it's going back to those first three. Um, even with the, with the score like playing those themes of of the playing that classic Indiana Jones music is great um and i just i think it i think it's all great i i cannot wait for this film um and the fact that this is going to be Harrison Ford's last uh Indiana Jones film uh last time playing the character is really really great uh, cannot wait for that. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited for this man. I I can't wait. I'm just I'm just like I'm counting down the days. We're like literally all. We're like we're still two months. We're still like just a little less than three months away now. We're 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 basically a little. We're two months. Two months away. And, um, yeah, I am very excited for that. So, all right. Now let's get into, they, uh, of course they had to, they had to talk about some Star Wars movies that they have in development. So we got brand new Star Wars projects announced at the Lucasfilm Showcase panel, uh, to kick off Star Wars Celebration 2023. Here are some of the projects. First project we have. We have a new film starring Daisy Ridley as Rey Skywalker. Uh, the film is being directed by Charmaine Obed Shinoy and will take place 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. Uh, the story will see Rey building a brand new Jedi Order. Um, the second film is... Uh, Dave Filoni will be making a feature film at Lucasfilm that will culminate the story being told in the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew universe. And the third film, a new film following the origins of the very first Jedi is in the works with director of Logan, Ford v. Ferrari, and the upcoming Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, James Mangold, will be writing and directing. Now, what do I think of all this? I love this news! I love it! I think it's great! Um, Look, I just reviewed Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. You guys know how much I hate that film. But I'm so glad we're getting one more film that seems like it's going to kind of redeem Daisy Ridley uh, with Charmaine obed Shinoy work working on it, and the fact that it's going to be taking place 15 years after the Rise of Skywalker, and we're going to see her building a new Jedi Order, but please, if you're going to do that, do not have 
another story where Ray trains a student and J that student goes rogue and just destroys the entire Jedi Order and now there's only two two Force users left. Don't do that again. Let's have a brand new Jedi Order and let's keep that Jedi Order thriving for years. That's great. I love I love that. Cannot wait to see that. But my the one I'm most excited for is this James Mangold one. A new film following the origins of the very first Jedi is in with James Mangold directing. And the way they described it, the way James Mangold described it is that it's gonna kind of be um Ben Hur and Ten Commandments, but in space. So we are basically gonna be getting a biblical epic, a biblical type of epic set in the Star Wars universe. That is awesome. That's just awesome. And the potential, the potential and all that. Because that film, if if done correct, that film could also stand on its own, but it can also tie in to a future Knights of the Old Republic film. If we get in, because what Lucasfilm also did, which is very smart. Let me see if I can find this image here. Let me see if I can find this image of um, what they, because Lucasfilm released this like timeline image. Um, oh gosh. Um... Shoot, I'm having trouble. Uh, sorry, guys. Give me a second as I try and... Okay. I'm, I'm trying to find this image here so that I could... Uh, uh, finding the image here. Yeah, they released an image of the timeline that that's gonna help them follow what move what movies they want to make. Um, but I'm having a hard time finding it. Here it is. Okay, here it is. So they released this uh, this twilight this timeline. That's twilight. Oh God, why did I say that? They released this timeline. Okay. The first timeline we have here is the Old Republic, right? Now, this is before they announced what James Mangold's project is. This They started with the Old Republic. Then it goes into the High Republic era. Then we get into the Fall of the Jedi, which is around Episode 3, beginning in between 3 and 4. Then the, um, the Reign of the Empire, which is around the Rebels and... Um, which is around the, the the timeline in which rebels and a new hope and uh and empire uh you know then we get into age of the rebellion which is where the original trilogy kind of takes place during then it's the new republic which is where Mando Mandalorian Ahsoka skeleton crew all that takes place within that and then it's the rise of the first order which is of course where the sequel trilogy hangs out at. and then once they did that. They showed that timeline, and then they re and then once they announced the James Mangold project, they showed a brand new era that will happen before the Old Republic, called the Dawn of the Jedi. So, so James Mangold's film is going to tell essentially the origin story of the Jedi. If if they choose to, if Lucasfilm chooses to do this. They could easily go from that and do your High Republic and do your old and do the Knights of the Old Republic film, where you can see a fully formed Jedi army and a fully formed Sith army, and they could go to war. And, and, and that's just awesome! The potential in that is awesome! And also, and also, Keep in mind, if they wanted to, okay, they said Ray's story could span into its own trilogy. 
At least I've I've heard that going around somewhere that that this could spawn its own. If they wanted to, they could have Ray's story even tie into what James Mangold's gonna do. They could have like let's say like Ray goes on an adventure. She goes to an old tomb and she sees oh this was uh an this was an ancient uh relic left by the by the original by the very first Jedi. Almost like what Legend of Korra tried to do with um with the Avatar. Have like maybe have Ray discover who the first Jedi was and then that could like lead into Mangold's film and then Mangold can do his his thing with with whatever he wants to do with that story. And then maybe that ties into what will happen later on with Ray and, and her Jedi Order. Who knows? Again, the potential, the potential in all this is fantastic. The potential, because again, it's Star Wars coming up with a plan. They obviously have a plan now. Now, here's the thing. I know. Everyone's going to shout. But Zeke. Zeke. Lucasfilm has announced projects before. And they've all gone to shit. Yes. But they absolutely, absolutely cannot let that happen with this. Because if they made all these announcements... Charmaine Obid Shinoy's film, uh, James Mangold, Dave Filoni. If they announce all these films and you don't see it happen, I'm telling you, Lucasfilm will lose all hope in Star Wars fans. Lucasfilm will have killed the, the relationship with the Star Wars fans if any of these projects end up getting canceled. Especially if you cancel if you cancel Dave Filoni's project, oh, I'll tell you what, the Star Wars fans are gonna riot. You, you cancel Dave Filoni's Star Wars films, those Star Wars fans are gonna riot. So yeah. Um so yeah, that is everything they announced at Star Wars Celebration. Um, again, the one I'm most looking forward to is that James Mangold film. I cannot wait to see what he does with that, and uh, it'll be exciting. All right, guys, let's go ahead and do one more thing, and let's review the Super Mario Brothers film. All right, so we're going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, so when this movie was first announced, I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I, I don't know if we should, I don't know if we should be doing another take another crack at Super Mario Brothers, the movie. I mean, last time we did, uh, it starred Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, and uh, I don't know. That just didn't work out last time. And then I saw the first trailer, and that first trailer nailed it so much to the point where I was like, Oh, I'm actually looking forward to this. And then every trailer they released after that I got me more and more excited. So how is the Super Mario Brothers movie? Now, let me start off by saying this. The story is not the story's not great. It's not great. Um the attempt of a story is predictable. Um, very mediocre at best. However, the movie, I think, works based on the level of just pure nostalgia. It is really fun to watch this world come to life in such a brand new and unique way. Um, I loved... I liked I really did have fun with the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um I think it I think the humor works. Um the voice talent is actually wonderful. Um my two favorites coming out of this movie were Jack Black as Bowser and uh Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. They were my two favorites coming out of the film. Um 
especially what what they do with Bowser and the and the performance that Jack Black brings to Bowser is really was unexpected, but I honestly got a kick out of it every 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 single time it was it was something was happening on screen. Um he's great. Again, um Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong is great. I liked Chris Pratt and Char- uh and Charlie Day as both um Mario and Luigi. I thought that they I thought that they were good. I thought they had good chemistry and I like I love and I did like the the voice of um of Mario. Um I really I I I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was fine. Um and I will and 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 I will say the movie starts out the movie starts off pretty pretty slow at first. But then you're basically you you go into the world um you you get you you but then once mario once mario and luigi basically go to this other world right that's where the movie becomes a lot of fun and there's easter eggs like this is the greatest easter egg hunt you will ever watch you will ever see um, there are so many references from, and, and they're there from, you, you could have played the, um, you could have been a fan of the games from when they first started in the eighties. You could have been a nineties a kid, uh, a nineties Mario fan, or you could have been like me, who's more familiar with the newer Mario games, like, you know, Mario, uh, the Mario Kart, uh, Nintendo Wii game, you know? But there are references from every generation of Mario, from every generation uh Mario game. Every single one of them, there's some sort of an Easter egg in there that will make you go that will make every Mario fan go, Hey, I remember that and and it's it's wonderful. It's really, really great. Um and um Yeah, I just I think it's I think the movie's fun. Um, I think the voice, again, the voice, the voice talent is great. Um, some of my issues with the film, like I said, the first, the beginning of the film was, was slow. Um, and I do think the film lacks a real, um, a real strong story. Um, unfortunately, I feel like, um... I feel like the movie relied so much more on the nostalgia rather than trying to tell a really good... You know, one of the things that I loved about, like, the Lego movie, for for example, is that, yes, the Lego movie has a lot of nostalgia and pop culture references and all that stuff, but it also very much focused on telling a really good story and, and had a lot of really good emotional moments. The Super Mario Brothers movie doesn't have a ton of those. It just it's just a lot of fun to watch. And it's a lot of fun to watch this world um come to life in a very cool way. And is it going to end up in my top ten of the year? No. But it is still a lot of fun and I like I said, I think um I think that you guys should go and uh and give it a shot. Um, I think it, I think it's definitely a movie you should see in the theater. It's definitely a movie that is designed to be seen in the theater. Oh, and by the way, we all saw it in the trailers, and we all were got excited for it. The Mario the the Rainbow Road sequence in this film. It's really great. It's really really great. It almost reminded me of um Mad Max but in the uh Mar- but with Mario with the Mario characters. That's all I will say. Just wait till you see the movie. It's it's a lot. It's really great. So the movie is out now, guys. 
please go check it out and uh, let me know what you guys thought of it. Um, I would really be curious as to see uh, what you guys uh, thought about the film. All right, guys, that will do it for this week's episode of the Zeke Said So show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, there's a lot of great stuff on the Zeke Said So podcast. We just released a brand new episode of Throwback Thursday at, uh, to the Batcave, Web Swingers podcast. We just released episodes to those shows. Um, make sure you guys go and check those out. Also, guys, uh, go subscribe to the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel. Going to be putting up some cool videos um, on there pretty, pretty soon. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. And if you like this uh, episode, please leave a... Uh, please make sure you share it and subscribe. I need to subscribe to the podcast because Zeke the Geek said so. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.